and welcome to the Energetic Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa LaFera, an astrologer, tarot consultant, and all-around creative from sunny San Diego, California. And this is the 31st episode of the podcast for the week of December 3rd, 2018. So let's break it down a bit. Here's what to expect. The goal is to help guide and prepare you for the utmost awareness of the energy in the moment. For if you use the energy consciously, it has a better chance of working for you. I'll kick off the show with a weekly astro report, along with a few tarot polls and our animal ambassador of the week. Then a guest will join me in conversation around a chosen topic. And this week, I'm so happy to welcome back Oakland, California-based astrologer, tarot consultant, and a ritual witch, Annalisa Six, who will join me in a discussion on Neptune's visit and the new moon in Sag. So before we get started here, please remember, as always, take what resonates and leave the rest, because only you know you best. So thank you so much for joining me here today, and if you'd like to show appreciation for my work and get early Sunday access for only $1 per month, you can do so on Patreon at patreon.com backslash energetic principles. So let's get down to this week's astro report. Our lunar lady starts out the week in the balancing sign of Libra before squeaking into the watery domain of Scorpio around midday. She carries on the darkness of her waning cycle as she moves into philosophical Sagittarius on Wednesday and then heads to her new moon conjunction late Thursday night here on the Pacific coast. She then begins her waxing cycle and into the grounded earth sign of Capricorn on Saturday and where she will remain throughout the rest of the weekend. So just a quick heads up, all time approximations are for North America. So if you live in Europe, add about eight hours. If you are in Australia or the East, add about 17 hours, or basically the following day. And keep in mind that timing isn't always precise, as astrological transits, otherwise known as the connections that planets make to one another, have varied emphasis as they apply and separate. So it's quite possible to feel the energy sooner or later than the exact moment of contact. Well, we have a dreamy week ahead of us with Neptune as our star player this week. Both the Sun and Mars will be making contact with this illusory realm, while these aspects also infuse a dreamy spiritual vibe into the new moon in Sagittarius that will be taking place on Thursday night, at least here on the West Coast. It'll be on Friday for anybody that's not in the Pacific Time uh, Code and beyond. (laughs) I'm also happy to announce that Mercury is officially stationing direct. This, you know, the retrograde soup that was 2018 can now begin to recede. So thank goddess for that. Well, let's not waste any time and dive right in. On Monday, we start out the week with the moon in Libra, and she will move to Scorpio around midday, or at least here on the Pacific coast. Uh, And throughout the day, she will make an opposition to Uranus and then a conjunction to Venus. And also of note, the Jewish holiday Hanukkah begins on Monday. 
And so we don't have any uh, uh, other transits going on than the moon making her moves. So the bottom line for Monday is that we have a two-part day as we go from the cooperative realm of Libra and into the tactical and shrewd sign of Scorpio. There are likely to be lingering effects from last week's Venus-Uranus opposition as the moon reinvigorates this transit. And I know I didn't talk about that last week because I was not on air, but uh, we had a lot going on last week. And so if you're wondering, what was that? That might have been Venus and Uranus in its third opposition. So you might feel some of those effects again on Monday. But relationships and outer contacts may surprise or disrupt us today with that influence. Uh, And our relations and social graces are changing now that Venus is back in Scorpio because she moved back in uh, the day prior, I believe, on Sunday. And so that playing nice kind of switches to stirring the pot a little bit because we go from Venus represented by Venus to Venus represented by Mars. And this can bring a rather tantalizing experience or one that can be irritating. It will depend on the nature of the relationships we keep. Now, on Tuesday, the moon is in Scorpio, and she will make a sextile to Saturn, a trine to Mars and Neptune, and then a sextile to Pluto. And once again, we don't have any other aspects going on that day. So the bottom line for Tuesday is is that the Neptune action really actually begins to be felt today as Luna makes a flowing trine to both Mars and Neptune. Um, And I'll get into all that in a little bit here, so hang in there. And so emotions may feel intense, yet vague at the same time. And there's a lot of emotional force behind whatever is going on. So if you feel the wave arise, know that it will recede soon enough. Normally, the Scorpio moon is good for doing business. Yet under our Neptunian haze, I'll throw a word of caution in that area. Especially since Scorpio aligns with the desire nature, uh, know that something you might really want today may easily change in a few days' time. Retreating into a nice bath at the end of the day can be helpful to calm any emotions and to basically wash away our cares. And I might be dating myself, but if you remember Calgon, take me away. Tuesday night would be a good day to get some Calgon. All right, on Wednesday, the moon is in Scorpio, but will move to Sagittarius um, later on in the day. And for some places in the world, it might be an all Scorpio day for you. But the lunar contacts that will be going on is she will make a conjunction to Mercury retrograde. Um, And also of note, and a big note, is that we will have the sun squaring Neptune that day. And uh, of course, it's squaring on Wednesday, but we are feeling this vibe the whole week, basically. Um, And maybe even before the week started. So keep that in mind. And so what is the sun squaring Neptune? Well, the sun, once again, you know, that's our, that's our life force, our vitality, that conscious awareness that comes in and where we can align with the will. Um, and it also usually turns a page in our lives as somehow, because once we're aware of something, uh, you know, the sun gets beamed upon, um, then we cannot ignore it. <laughs> and squares always create some type of friction or uh, challenge or tension, and it can cause events that spring us into action. Um, But this one we might not want to just because of the nature of Neptune. And so what is Neptune? Well, Neptune has wears many different hats, actually. And that's kind of the uh, illusory realm that it, it 
operates from, is it can be such things as confusion and uncertainty or doubt around something. It can also remove all types of boundaries to where we live in this kind of nebulousness of space. It can also create glamour and spectacle, you know, otherworldly type of um, uh, influences. And so I find this aspect interesting as it happens right as the moon is waning down to her darkest night before the new moon conjunction happens. So on a mundane level, we are likely to have a lower drive this week as the sun and moon help to dictate energy levels. And Neptune contacting either one of these luminaries can dissipate our energetic flow, causing us to feel a bit tired. The balsamic phase of the moon also can do the same thing. So the two happening simultaneously is really speaking to a lower level of oomph this week. Um, So if you don't have just the energy to do much, you know, you're probably not alone. And the more challenging side to Neptune meeting the sun is not just the lack of energy and focus, but can also cause us to feel discouraged or disappointed, particularly if our ideals are rather high, which both Sag and Pisces are known to favor idealization because this is taking place, the sun is in Sagittarius and Neptune is in Pisces. So if you find yourself in that place, take heart that it won't be forever. But on a positive note, because the veil of reality is so thin right now and we are intuiting our new moon intentions, we can dream bigger than we normally do and take this potent time to imagineer our bigger pictures um, further. And Mars can carry this uh, out. So basically, Mars can then carry out the new cycle of intention once he makes his conjunction, which I'll get into that transit in just a moment because we're not quite there yet. So the bottom line is, is that this is likely to be a mystical and intuitive day with the moon still in Scorpio and Neptune washing its waves over us. And we are tapping into the internal realms as Mercury stations and, well, Mercury is beginning to station here and the sun squares Neptune. So this is kind of a key day to listen to that inner directive and sense the spiritual current that we don't normally get access to. As this is the last lunar contact before Mercury uh, stations direct, which will be happening tomorrow on Thursday, we are likely to be downloading the finishing touches to our inner Mercury retrograde story. Yet it's also possible that Mercury will be playing some tricks, so know that there may be the chance of uncertainty, mix-ups, and miscommunications in the air, particularly on Wednesday uh, and possibly Thursday. All right, so let's get into Thursday. Well, Thursday, the moon is fully in Sag and will have our new moon conjunction uh, very late in the day. Here on the Pacific Coast, it's at 11.20 p.m. So most people are going to experience this new moon, probably why they sleep um, on Friday if you're not here in the West Coast. Uh, but she will, Luna will make a conjunction to Jupiter throughout the day. She'll make a square to Mars and Neptune, and then she will conjunct the sun. And so, of course, we have that new moon in Sagittarius, uh, happening today um, and Mercury stationing direct at 27 degrees of Scorpio. And so can I get a hallelujah for Mercury stationing? Because, oh, wow, we've had a, it's been a crazy retrograde year and, and, you know, it's, it's like some type of end is in sight here with this station. However, we are not quite out of the woods yet because if you know anything about Mercury, he plays most of his tricks while he stations. And with such a Neptunian sort of week going on, there are many chances for the details to get lost. 
And so this is a, certainly a week where we do not want to take any risks on the roads or with substances because, well, do I really need to explain? So pay attention to your thoughts and intuitions that are coming in, because as Mercury is stationing at the first point he made his conjunction with Jupiter uh, before he the benefic Jupiter moved into Sagittarius. So there's um, a, a continual uh, continuing story that's going on with this station. So whatever is coming to you at this time could certainly be playing into this Mercury-Jupiter story that has been transpiring for basically about a month now. Likely the mind will know where it wants to make changes and take action to put up boundaries for the big picture vision. Yet there's no need to rush, though, because there is still one piece of the puzzle that will be coming in a bit later this month once Mercury makes that last conjunction to Jupiter. Now, the new moon happening at 15 degrees and 7 minutes of Sagittarius, um, I... Okay, so I write an astro blog uh, every time we have a new moon or a full moon, which is much more in-depth. And so if you want that uh, to come to you straight to your inbox, you can subscribe to my mailing list, which is on the front page of energeticprinciples.com down at the bottom of the page. And I promise you I barely ever send anything out, so no need to fear spam. Uh, I'm just going to be talking about uh, you know, that that new moon energy, and I provide the Sabian symbol and some things along those lines. So those are always fun articles. But I'm also going to be talking about this new moon in much more detail with Annalisa uh, later on in the program. So I'm going to leave my thoughts for that portion and, uh, and my blog article. So stay tuned for that. But the bottom line for Thursday is, is that this is one of the days that the Neptune transits will be felt most strongly as Luna makes a square to both Mars and Neptune before she makes her new moon conjunction. And with Mercury also stationing, this is likely to feel like a very strange day. We are in the darkest hours of the moon, and this would normally be a day to finish up what is left on our plates, yet there may not be a lot of energy to work with based on the configuration. So take your time today and retreat when you can for a little downtime to let your imagination take you to the land of dreams. And don't attempt or expect too much out of this day. Otherwise, you may feel disappointed. The line of reality is quite blurred right now, so use your senses and wait for the fog to clear. Now, on Friday, the moon is still in Sagittarius for the day, and she doesn't make any aspects, uh, at least here on the Pacific Coast uh, time zone. But we do have Mars making a conjunction to Neptune that day. And so Mars, Mars is our inner warrior, our drive, where we direct our motivation towards, where we kind of focus our action. Uh, It can also bring things such as uh, getting angry about things or uh, having some aggression in some areas. Um, But Mars is in Pisces right now, so there is a cooling to the hot and dry nature of Mars in general. And so Mars is making a conjunction. And when we have a conjunction, that is new cycles beginning. That is the energies merging into each other and becoming one and and setting up a whole new cycle. And so once again, where's our cycle setting up? Uh, Well, it's Neptune. And like I said earlier, Neptune has that... It has that confusing uh, element to it and that lack of boundaries, but it's also spiritual inspiration and becoming illumined about something. Um, And so I think that is the beauty of this particular conjunction. 
Now, I mentioned earlier about starting a new action cycle around dreams with the conjunction of Mars and Neptune. Yet let me be very clear in this potentially foggy week that we are subtly making moves uh, through imagining and dreaming what is next. Now is not the time to go all out as there will need to be much more processed before that moment is right. A better time would be when Mars gets into one of his favorite signs, which is Aries, which actually happens on our New Year's Day. So target next month for action. For now, we clear away what needs to go first. Mars and Neptune can be a, you know, a challenging match together because we can be convinced to take action on something that is not well thought out or where we aren't quite seeing the clear picture. So make sure you truly know what you're doing before taking action, especially any type of major action, because this is happening in Pisces and there can, you know, be a selfless quality to this transit, um, which can allow us to sacrifice our own desires to help those in need. Um, And that can be the truly beneficial part of this. for this energy, because uh, it would be a wonderful time to put that energy towards a charity group or helping a friend in need or anyone in need for that matter. Um, however, don't exert yourself too much as this aspect is contributing to the lower energy levels this week as well. So you're going to want to go with the flow and find moderation there. So the bottom line for Friday is is that we are in for another hazy day as Luna makes no aspects um, to, to any of the planets and Mars conjuncts Neptune. We are likely to want to escape and perhaps take the day off to go with the flow of our desires. If you have the ability to do so, this would be an ideal day to play hooky as our focus will kind of be out to sea. But if you're in a creative field, today and really all of this week may bring ideas out of nowhere that inspire your work. So going with the flow will be the best bet for today. Now on Saturday, uh, the moon is now in Capricorn and she will make a trine to Uranus, a sextile to Venus, and then a conjunction to Saturn. And so we don't have any other planetary aspects going on for the rest of the weekend. So the bottom line for Saturday is that energy is brought back down to Earth as the Capricorn moon brings practical awareness back into focus. Now, the haze may not fully be gone, but we are certainly reining it in. Uh, We're kind of pulling in that nebulousness because... um, Saturn puts structure around things. Where Jupiter expands, Saturn retracts. And so we're slowly getting those those barriers and bringing that aura energy back in. And so the day may not be all that eventful. Yet if you were doing some type of creative work, like I mentioned earlier, this would be a good time to continue along those routes. Later in the evening, there may be a bit of pessimism or negativity that creeps in with Luna's conjunction to Saturn. So if you're feeling a little gloomy or a little doomy, you know, don't let it get you down because tomorrow is always a new day. Now on Sunday, the moon is still in Capricorn and she will make a sextile to Neptune, a sextile to Mars, and then a conjunction to Pluto. Once again, there are no transits other than Luna making her moves, so the bottom line for Sunday is that dreams may be productive with an early morning sextile to Neptune, so look for symbolism that can help bring practical understanding. And just to be clear, dreams this whole week may be a little bit wild because that veil is thin, so uh, this will be an excellent week to break out that dream journal to understand uh, the symbolism that might be coming in in a more subtle way. 
Now, the day itself is likely to be productive if we go with the flow of our chores and tasks, making this a great day to take care of your to-do list. Some intensity may come later in the evening as Luna makes a conjunction to underworld Pluto, Um, so moodiness may ensue. Yet there is an emotional breakthrough that can happen if we let go of control and see our feelings for what they truly are, for that's when the purification can begin. All right, so to sum it all up, really, energy is likely to be low this week, and the veil between reality and illusion will be thinner than normal. Don't push too hard, as the energy is meant to be on the receptive side of things. And luckily, this mystical vibe, paired with the new moon in Sagittarius, will help us intuit the bigger picture and set us on course for the next chapter of our journey. So let's take a look at the cards, because they always add another extra dimension to what I am talking about. Well, this week I drew the Ace of Pentacles as the focus and the High Priestess as the grounding. And with the Ace of Pentacles as the focus, there is an earthly potential that is ready to seed this week. And because both of our cards are receptive energy, it's likely that it's not about going out to get what you want, rather it's letting it come to you. Or at the very least, there are signs that come your way that speak to the sprouts of new material realities. New financial opportunities, job options, or other physical world manifestations may pop up this week, so be ready to receive. Yet remember the caveat that it's just a potential, not a guarantee. So in order to take it somewhere, there will be much more involved in the process down the road. Now, with the High Priestess as the grounding, she is also reinforcing a very receptive yin type of energy where we are intuiting if what is on offer is right for us. Or it could be that we are intuiting what the next potential seed will be to plant. Either way, she is reminding us to sense the undercurrents this week, for if we stay open, we are likely to be given the spiritual clues necessary for where to plant our intentions next. Now, last but certainly not least, this show is brought to you by this week's animal ambassador, the hawk. Our feathered friend is showing us, showing up to remind us to choose our priorities and eliminate all distractions, which seems rather contradictory on a week with so much Neptune and Sagittarius in the air that it can be quite hard to focus. The week in general may be a little cloudy, yet I think what the hawk is saying here is that when we have big dreams, it is necessary to focus on those goals so that they can become a reality. It's all too easy to get caught up in distractions that stray us away from the things we really desire to accomplish in life, so take the time to look at your priorities this week. When Neptune comes around, it has the power to dissolve, so if there are habits, tasks, or obligations that are clogging up the flow, now would be the time to let those non-essentials dissipate from your energy stream so that you can, you know, focus on what is truly important to you. Now, if you'd like to go deeper with the energy of the week and how that will interact with you personally, I encourage you to check out my tarot subscription on Patreon. And you don't need to be a tarot expert. You could just be starting out. It's about familiarizing uh, yourself with the cards each week and how that relates to our uh, uh, astrological energy. And so every Sunday, I release a short video that outlines a custom spread that I've created that is in line with the energy of the week. 
And of course, I encourage everyone to share their cards or their questions or whatever they have on their mind. Um, And I also highlight a crystal each week and an inspirational quote to kind of package it all together. And so last week, we worked on ascending higher. And this week, we will be working on dreaming big. So if you want to find out more about the uh, weekly custom spread and to check out a freebie spread, you can do so on Patreon at patreon.com backslash energetic principles. Okay, now let's meet our guest. All right. I'm so happy to welcome this week's special guest, Annalisa Six. Thank you so much for joining me again on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. I'm excited to have you here too. And if you've listened uh, to this podcast before, um, before, oh, I have a call coming in. See, that's what happens when Mercury is still retrograde playing the tricks. (laughs) All right, backing it up. Um, So Annalise has been on a couple times on the podcast, but if you're new, you might not have heard her before. So rather than me telling her life story, I'll pass it over to her to tell uh, a little bit about yourself. Oh, yeah. Okay. So um, my name's Annalisa and I do tarot and astrology readings in Oakland, California. I'm a beginner astrologer. So I I was just talking to my husband this morning and we were waking up how uh, 2019 is my third year of doing tarot and astrology readings. And I feel like it went by so fast. Like the fact that I'm embarking on my third year already, I'm kind of like, whoa, this is crazy. So um <laughs> Yeah, so I uh, study a lot of occult, esoteric stuff. I do witchcraft and ritual work and spells and things like that here in Oakland. And I'm excited to be here. This is my third episode with you, which is super exciting. I feel like every time we talk, I feel like I'm, I have more and more insights on different things. And it's just fun to powwow and have somebody to work it all out with during these transits. Yes. And that's what we're here for. We're, <laughs> Annalise and I are working it out together and then we share what we're working out with all y'all. Um, so, well, I think three years in now, I would say that you're past uh, the beginner stage. I'm <laughs> you're yeah, definitely, uh, yes, we'll, we'll give you that ribbon of accomplishment there because that's, that's, Yes, you've you've done your time and you have wonderful insights. So I, uh, if, in case she didn't say, her moniker online is Cosmic Lady Six, um, which we'll give at the end here. But just so you know where to find her. But yeah, she, you do all types of things. You know, you have the tarot and astrology, but you're always talking about like ritual based things as well. Um, you gave a good uh, recommendation that I never thought about the other day to collect rainwater. Um, for ritual use. And if you know anything about California, you know that that doesn't happen too often. <laughs> I know. You got to catch it when it's good. I feel like when you live somewhere with a lot of rain, you don't think about it as much. Like living in the Northwest, like I took it for granted, but now it's like such a commodity to get any kind of moisture here that I always jar that up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I use it. I'm like, because I think too, like you can do a lot of um, rituals around, you know, around weather kind of stuff. Not that I feel like me alone is going to help that, but, um, when I feel like we're all trying to manifest more positive climate directions, it's nice to use the actual elements in your craft, you know, in a natural way. Yeah. 
And I mean, I loved, I mean, I have a lot of water going on clearly. And so you should see me, we had a little rain spell here and that's probably why you were posting about it. Uh, and it started to pour yesterday and all of a sudden I just leapt up out of my seat. And I was like, oh my God, I got to get a jar. And so I just held a jar outside until it was totally full. <laughs> Neighbors were probably like, what are you doing? But um, yeah. So I got me, got me some. <laughs> we might be collecting water from rain in a different way here in a couple of years, depending on how the climate progresses. Might be hoarding that in my garage. I know, I know. <laughs> and well, I mean, even if you did live in a climate that is pretty rainy on a regular basis, uh, using rainwater just in general for reserves and, and things, it's, you know, it's, people do it all the time. We're just not set up in an area that is, that would, that would work, you know, <laughs> it's not too often. Um, but we have rain coming the next week. Not that we're weather forecasters here, but I, <laughs> one of the, but we're going to be talking about today how, uh, basically Neptune is paying us a visit this week. And we have that new moon in Sag that is very, uh, Neptune flavored. And I noticed that whenever Neptune comes around, uh, it's it's literally gets foggy outside and it's harder to see certain things or the rain comes in or it cools down. And so uh, we have all these uh, aspects going on next week. And I thought it was so interesting that they all lined up perfectly with the re- weather forecast. Um, have you noticed that at all with the... Yeah, we talked about it. I, t- I was in an astrology class a couple of weeks ago and we were talking about the transits for the fires here mm-hmm. in California because there was like Jupiter had just entered Sagittarius and there were some other transits that were happening that I don't remember now, but we're basically talking about, you know, Mars and Aquarius, Jupiter and Sagittarius and the fires kind of all linking up to that. When we looked ahead, Mars was entering Pisces and rain was already in the forecast synchronized to Mars entering Pisces. So it's like, obviously the weather isn't the same all over the globe, right? Cause those, transits affect the globe like mars pisces but i just thought it was interesting for california specifically the transits were really showing like the weather and the transits are coexisting for the california forecast yeah no and that makes a lot of sense too because around those times because when the fires started i mean they started as jupiter ingressed into sagittarius like it was just on the dot um, and I remember thinking to myself, because uh, Mars was in Aquarius at that time, and if you look up the chart for California, um, well, especially if you're using a whole sign system, uh, that puts Aquarius as the fourth house at the bottom of the chart. And so the fourth house is the land, right? And yeah. so the land is in this fixed uh, air, you know, dry type of condition. And so all I like you were saying, all I could think about it was like, oh, we just got to wait till that Mars moves into Pisces to help alleviate that concentration of hot and dry at the bottom of California's chart. And so. Yeah, it, it made a lot of sense. And the second it moved in, we started to see some things changing. Um, and clearly this past week, we've gotten a lot of rain and hopefully that's helped. I mean, it doesn't erase what's happened, but it's definitely a godsend. <laughs> well, it sucks too, because I, I got all excited and then I've been seeing on the news that the rain's making the living situation worse for everyone who's yeah. displaced because they're all intense now. But now it's like pouring rain and they can't go anywhere. And so it's weird. It's like an interesting... Yeah. It's like, it's it's half good and then it's half problematic because, I mean, 
one of the things that California also suffers from is uh, mudslides. And yeah. yeah, and so when rain comes around, and especially when land was just kicked up debris everywhere, you know, all that, it's, we're more likely to have those types of things uh, and extreme flooding too, because we, we can have the rain come, but if it comes in like, you know, gargantuan amounts, that's problematic because we just don't have the, you know, drainage systems that say like where I'm from in Florida. Like when I moved to California, I was like, what? Nobody thought about this? Who? And they're like, it just never rains around here. But <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I feel you. Neptune <laughs> too is probably like enhancing. It'll probably bring, you know, what we're saying, like where it's not contained. You know, there's no container for it. And Uranus is in Taurus, so it's like there's no container, you know, everything. And Pluto and Capricorn. I mean, Saturn's kind of like trying to maybe help anchor something, <laughs> but it's not getting very much help. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, Uranus is is at 29 degrees Aries now. Oh, it's still in Aries. So, oh yeah, it will not move back into Taurus until March of, wow. uh, okay. uh, March of next year or... So we have a little bit of a yeah break. we have we yeah but it's at those tail ends of Aries which is those critical degrees I that's not much better in my oh, book but, but uh kind of orbiting around the yes exactly the, yeah. it's it's in its own little nebulous space right. of the cusp oh my goodness but so let's talk about this Neptune business in the more um, yes so. Neptune. And I think Neptune coming forward for this uh, year coming up, well, basically starting now and through 2019, because now that Jupiter is in Sagittarius, basically the main aspect that Jupiter will be making during this next year is that square to Neptune. So I think Neptune does play a lot into the bigger story of what's going on here. And especially for a Sagittarius new moon that we're going to be talking about here in a little bit as well. Um, But so, I mean, what wait okay i want okay i want to start with the story that we were talking about before we got on to before we hit the record button because that's what happens annalise and i can talk about all types of things we're like oh we should be recording this um but tell the listeners about your journey to uh joshua tree and kind of this this dream and how now the reality kicks in yeah totally Uh, well i think let's like if i could can like maybe this time telling it, talk about the astrology, maybe in a way. I also too, like Mercury retrograde, like space case brain is happening to yeah. me heavily right now. So I feel you. <laughs> I, don't, I feel blown out, which is very uh, normal for me because I have the Pisces moon and I'm sad rising. So I feel like blown out is pretty normal for me and getting anchored is something that is hard. So I hope that I can <laughs> consolidate it all. Well, do what you can. We're talking about Neptune. We're not looking for. <laughs> yeah, Neptune. So I, so I definitely like have a strong Neptunian influence and dreaming and fantasizing, you know, is something that is pretty regular for me. And I, I have Neptune in my first house conjunct Uranus and Saturn. And I feel, and I'm in my Saturn return. So I feel very much like, um, my ability to fantasize about things and then bring them into the physical, tangible reality is something that I've been able to do throughout my life. And I feel like people that also have that conjunction in my generation, we all kind of share that. Like there's this ability to dream and bring things into Mm -hmm. reality. 
And so this year, one of my dreams for the last six years was to acquire property in Joshua Tree at some point. And it's something that I've had to really work at convincing my husband to do. And this year we finally did it. And um, there's a whole story with that. But um, essentially, once we did it, um, you know, I kind of was in shock because there was this like that having to kind of work against everybody that, you know, kind of laughs and is like, sure, that's a lofty dream, you know, or, you know, when will that happen? And then you do it and there's kind of like this sigh of relief of I did it. And then you go there, like basically we went there this last weekend and I was standing on the property and I had this amazing feeling of just like all my dreams coming true. I could feel it. I, it felt very cosmic, very special. And then throughout the trip, I started observing that I was just having this increased anxiety and it was under the surface. It wasn't uh, manifested into my frontal consciousness. It was very like kind of scorpionic, you know, plutonian in this like shadow of doubt, literally shadow of doubt. Like, kind of. <laughs> And, um, I, I started having a panic attack, but it wasn't actualized in myself. Like I wasn't visibly having it. And that's very common for me to have like under the surface anxiety. And, um, this kind of realization that I've opened up the future, like the beginning of the future, the seeds of the future are being planted. And now I have to start, you know, now the reality of doing the work and having to, you know, we're building our dream house and we're in the process. We met with our architect, which is very Saturn, like, um, I mean, my Saturn returns. We met with our Gemini architect. <laughs> it is hilarious to me um, to talk about our design of our house and to basically, like, you know, in the design process, you're there to fantasize. And then later you kind of get into, like, the reality, like, tangible. And I feel very much like that archer, you know, the, the Sagittarian archer that's, like, ready to pull back the arrow and launch. Yeah. Like, in that mode of like pulling it way back right now. And it's like that tension that's building that like volcanic, like if you imagine what it feels like, it's Mars too. Like I can see the Mars Neptune, like all of those feelings I just feel are in that pullback right now. And I feel like this new moon energy, um, and, and cause it's the year, right? Like this is the last new moon, right? Isn't it? Yeah, I think we is this the last? I think you're. I think you're right. I think because the next one's the solar eclipse. Yeah, yeah. So this is the last. So this really is a. This I think you know if we think about the Sagittarian Archer of like setting intentions, which is the new moon, like we're planting seeds, and then Jupiter in Sagittarius for the next year. Um like we're launching, like this is our, like we're getting ready to launch the rocket, I feel like. And it's, uh, it's intense. Like if I think a lot of people are feeling like this intensity to do something, the problem is, is that we're not, it's not time to do it yet. So it's like, we feel, you know, yes. the beginnings of it. And we were like, uh, but then we get into the Mars Neptune stuff and, it's confusing. Like it's a confusing time because we feel this sense of activation, but then there's a, there's a lot to figure out and there's a lot of fantasy. There's a lot of illusion. There's a lot of like, it's not grounded entirely. So it's. Yes. 
So it can trip you up. Like that's, that's the thing. I mean, it has that, I just found your story. So, uh, perfect for the energy. Like it couldn't be more like case specific, (laughs) uh, to me. Um, because essentially, like you said, you are pursuing this bigger dream and, you know, Sag does dream big. It, It doesn't look to, you know, have small accomplishments. It's, it'd rather have it you know, the, the magnanimity of it all. Um, and so here you are making that dream slowly become a reality, but the, but the, but the reality is, is that there's a lot of uncertainty and mystery that goes on in the process, especially with something that is a very long-term dream that's going to take, uh, many stages and many steps and a lot of dedication to get through. And, you know, Neptune has the ability to bring in doubt too. Like that's one of the things Neptune does is you begin to doubt because there is that uncertainty there and you can't really, you know, there's not certain tangible results or it's all this. And so you got to go off like, you know, the belief or the the hope or the faith that everything's going to work out and I'm going in the right direction. Um, which clearly you are because the, see the, your dreams, like we have to differentiate between different types of dreams because clearly... Your dream, if you've been dreaming that for that long, it's important, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, if you dream something up and you're like, go for it tomorrow, say next week, you're like, I'm going to do this. And then Mars conjunction Neptune and you go for it and you're like, wait, I didn't think that out. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, you, but your dream is different because when we dream something for so long, uh, that is our certainty, right? Yeah, totally is. And I feel like, um, it, it's less scary going into something that you feel certain about. And I think that's also something with the Mars Neptune. Like, I think one of the things like as an occultist and like somebody that studies a lot of hermetic occult stuff, I think polarity and duality is something that is really important when talking about transits or people listening to astrology and transits is like, when people get stressed out or afraid of a transit like Uranus and Taurus or Mercury retrograde or, you know, this Mars Neptune conjunction or the sun squaring this stuff, you know, I feel like we hear all these things and it just feels like more trauma or like everyone fears change. I was listening to a podcast uh, recently where the guy was saying how, you know, if nobody wants change or they're going to say no to change. But then if you were to say like, okay, but are you happy right now? Like, is everything in your life perfect? Then everybody will say, well, no, I would change all these things. But then it's like, nobody actually wants to change them because they fear the change, but then nobody's actually content where they're at. And so there's always this duality. Like there's this polarity of everything. And I feel like the people that are going to have this transit, like the Mars Neptune transit affect them in a negative way are people that haven't been, um, like you're saying, you know, this dream is tangible because I've been dreaming it for so long. If you're not intent, you always have to be intentful with whatever it is you're doing, regardless of astrology, regardless of anything going on around you, like your actions and your goals and, you know, more of that earth kind of action that we're doing in whatever way, that's kind of how things manifest in the physical um, that, that has a lot to do with how these transits affect you. There's always that duality. So I think for some of us, the Mars Neptune might be really confusing. It might make things more, 
um, ungrounded, it might kind of steer us in a direction where we're really having to evaluate things that we haven't been having to evaluate because they just haven't been brought to the forefront. But I think for those of us that live in that world, that like live more in the Neptunian world or the Sagittarian, this kind of stuff, it's not maybe going to affect us as foggy. It might be more like what we believe and what we want to manifest and what we do dream might be more easily accessible in a creative way when we might just get more motivated at like acting out our spiritual beliefs. And I think there's a lot changing for people in that way too. So it's like, we're being forced to ask, like, what do we value and what do we, what do we believe in, you know? And, and what are we doing to kind of cultivate that? But if you don't know, if you've never known, it might be a very confusing time for you. For me, it's becoming very illuminating. I feel like Mm. I'm more clear than ever on what I do and don't believe in. And I just, like I said, like the archer, I feel like I'm just pulling way, way, way. I don't know when it launches necessarily. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think the Mars-Neptune conjunction is necessarily no. when it launches, but I think it's helping me to maybe see more possibilities around those dreams. You know? Yes, absolutely. I think that's a, a wonderful point because when we think about conjunctions just in general, these are the starts of a cycle. And, you know, Mars is a, a longer cycle than the, the other personal planets. You know, we're looking at about two and a half year period um, from its conjunction. So as it makes this contact with Neptune, it's not, especially in Pisces, it's not time to necessarily just go for the gusto and act then. But like you're saying, it's that intention, it's that illumination that comes up that can help point us in the right direction. Because why I think that this year coming up is going to be uh, fruitful for these types of dreams to become a reality because yes, Jupiter will be squaring Neptune. You know, the Jupiter, the planet that is pushing us forward and wants us to dream big, is is contacting the dream center itself, and it's an attention. So, but it's also in an active and eventful state. Now, the saving grace to me to that is the fact that Saturn will be sextiling Neptune at the same time. So here we have this push. We can go for the gusto and go for the dream. And Saturn can come around and be like, here, I'll give you an opportunity to make this real. And especially in his own sign, you know, it's going to operate. Uh, that's why like you're talking about an architect. Like literally, you're going to be architecting, you know, what's going on for this whole, as you break ground. And I mean, these first aspects are going to come around next month in January. So we're almost there. So we just have to hold space um, for this, I think. Totally. Yeah. Well, and I like what you're saying about uh, the duality of it all, because we do have to remember that all this is taking place in uh, mutable signs, double-bodied signs. These signs do live in two realms. They can easily be in this transitional state. And like you're saying, you're feeling like more secure and like illumined to what you're doing. And that might speak to the mutable signs in general. Like, yeah, it's a tense time, but they're okay with being in that state. It's all us other folks that are like, wait, hold on. (laughs) Yeah. I don't want to change. <laughs> well, it's hard because I feel like mutable is all about adapting. Yes. You know, it's not about um, starting. It's not about stabilizing. It's about moving and changing and adapting and kind of taking what you've already started and, you know, getting it bigger, like 
getting the ideas into these bigger places, expansion, you know, the new, this new moon's all about expansion of belief systems, ideas, your values. And we see it culturally happening right now. We're being tested culturally about who we are, what we believe, where we're going, what we want. And it's in a way that like, I think like maybe the last three or four decades of people haven't really had, like we've been talking about climate change for the last like five decades. We've been talking about the environment and all these things. And yet we haven't been as pushed as we are now to really put our money where our mouth is. Like we've been kind of just getting away with stuff. There's a South Park episode. I like South Park. There's a South Park episode that came out recently where they were making fun of, they have been making fun of all this stuff, but they were like talking about something where everyone was like, is it time to hit the panic button yet? And they're like, it's almost time to worry about worrying about hitting the panic button. Like, (laughs) layer with that. And I feel like we're just feeling a lot of that pressure as a, as a society or as a culture to get really serious and clear with, you know, what we believe and how we want to see that in the next generation and how we're, you know, getting together through all of these things. And that's what I feel Sagittarius energy is. And I feel like the Mars Neptune conjunction is a huge part of that um, based off of the stuff too, that I've been reading about the relationship with Mars and Neptune. So I don't know if you want me to share. Yes, I do. Uh, Annalise has got a little tidbit for us. So I'm reading this book that Evelyn from Astrum Council recommended to me like a few months ago. And I just started reading it. Um, It's called Cycles of Opportunity by Carol Beckman. And it pulls a lot off of um, the esoteric astrology book that Alice A. Bailey wrote. It's kind of just like a more digestible version, I feel like, of that book. these are all pretty new concepts to me, so it's still not that digestible. <laughs> oh, and they're complicated too. Like this isn't like you said, you know, how now brown cow. This, you know, you got to wrap your mind around this stuff. It's a lot, yeah. So if you, whoever's listening, if you're not there, you're not following. That's totally fine because I'm barely following. But I found this interesting, and if it opens up some other portal for somebody else to explore, I think that's cool. So, um. Mars and Neptune within the seven rays are they actually part of the same ray. They're uh, they're both ray six, which I thought was funny because I'm cosmic lady six. And <laughs> I was kind of like, that's cool that we're talking about the Mars Neptune conjunction and my last name is six, and they both vibrate together on ray six. And so I wanted to read kind of what Mars in this esoteric concept represents with Neptune, because I think that has a lot to do with this conjunction. Like, I think that, like, hearing this makes it under me, like, see in this way. So, Mars, the god of war, produces conflicts that lead to purification. A race six planet, Mars embodies the energies of fanaticism, struggle, strife, war, effort, idealism, and evolution. And I personally, I feel like this is really in line with even the Sagittarius, like, Jupiter, you know, kind of energy. Like, we're forced to think about um, these things. Mm-hmm. Um, these forces, however, lead us from personal ambition to spiritual aspiration where we seek to save the world. In Mar- and that's very Neptunian. Yes. In Mars, idealism is the power to see the vision and to direct our course towards it. Um, 
Christianity is governed by Mars through race six. It is a religion of devotion, fanaticism, high courage, idealism of the spiritual emphasis upon the individual and his or her worth in problems of conflict and death. Eventually, old identifications cease. New trends toward higher, subtler, and more spiritual identifications begin to appear, and Mars and Neptune begin to work together. Mars carries conflict into the very depth of circumstance, environment, and being, and confers at the same time such devotion to the envisioned objective as seen at any particular point upon the path. That final failure is rendered impossible. The tests and difficulties of our era portend the birth of the new era. This will happen if, speakingly esoterically, the sixth ray energy of Mars is transmuted into the sixth ray energy of Neptune, for the one is objective and full of blood, and the other is subjective and full of life. The key words for Mars in this is desire, will to act, drive physical energy, and purification. And then if you look at Neptune esoterically, Neptune relates to the consciousness aspect of evolution, mass consciousness, self-consciousness, and group consciousness. A high form of consciousness we can work with here is group consciousness and individual consciousness combined together in the service of the plan. A Ray 6 planet Neptune is idealistic, one-pointed, and devoted to an objective. Ray 6, which governs the astral or emotional plane of desire, can give us intense devotion to material things as well as intense devotion to spiritual values. In Neptune, race six is subjective and full of life. Neptune introduces the water of life into the ocean of substance and thus brings light to the world. This demonstrates control of the fluidic astral plane. So I just thought that was really cool um, in relation to this conjunction, like thinking about those two energies coming together and then having the new moon, the same week in Sagittarius, which obviously represents so much of those same themes. It's like this huge mass consciousness. Like we're all in this desire to like expand and open some new portal. I feel like, you know. Yeah. Cause I I love that. Cause even in traditional astrology, like if we're looking at uh, Mars and Neptune, who they're disposed by, that's Jupiter. So everything's pointing back to Jupiter here in that expansion. Um, And it it just depends on where we're going with this, because as you were reading the Mars portion, I couldn't help but think about, uh, you know, the missionary that got killed by the Sentinelese people in, in India and like taking this mission um, to these people that were, you know, like seemingly has this spiritual overlay over it, but it still had that base level of Mars that wasn't fully attuned with that six of, of Neptune, like the two of them together so that it had that, you know, it, it just, it had too much Mars, <laughs> not enough right. Neptune in, in certain ways. And I really think actually we're going to hear more about that story this week because they are still trying to recover the body of this guy that decided to, um, I don't know, you know, I mean, <laughs> the whole story is crazy down to even the head, the headline, you know, the second we get Jupiter into Sagittarius, the sun in Sag, and then the man got killed with bows and arrows, literally, you know, <laughs> like, you got to send me a link to this. I didn't hear about it. What? You haven't heard about this? No. Oh my gosh. I'm going to send you the link. Let me give you a recap in case other people have not heard about this because 
you can't make this stuff up, I tell you. So basically, there's a there's an island that is um, off of India to the west, I believe, um, and it's had uh, tribes that have been on this island for you know forty thousand years, like a long time. These are some of the only isolated and indigenous people left in the world. Um, and on the main island, a lot of people have already been, um, they were infiltrated uh, qu- quite some time ago. Um, so there's a, there's, that's a whole other story. But the Sentinelese people in, nor- in the North Sentinel Island, they have not been contacted. And uh, they have, they've had people, it's a weird story because uh, someone came there about 100 years ago and he was this weird guy that was surveying them and uh, took like very perverted uh, um, documentation of their like genitals and stuff. So basically, that guy scared the shit out of these people. Um, and anybody, if you know, like we are immune to disease. Uh, not all diseases, but immune to disease as far as those people are concerned. If we show up, like, so basically this guy that was, I want to say from Oregon and maybe somewhere in the Pacific Northwest. I could be wrong about that. Uh, I know. He... Yeah. He decided, this was his second trip, by the way. He had come out to this part before, but he had decided that he was going to bring, he literally brought a Bible to these people. Uh, and he went one day, and the story is that they shot a bow and arrow through his Bible, and he retreated. And he actually went back the next day, and he was killed. And they dragged his body onto the shore, and and um, now people are trying to recover it. But there was all this... There were all these warnings, like the Indian government, everybody everybody told him that he can't go. It's, it's illegal to go. Even the fishermen that took him there have gotten arrested because they played a part in all of this. And so now they're trying to get the body back. And so I think that this might have a, something to do with this <laughs> as we like sum it up here and, and wow. how that's going to work. Um, but, you know, basically that guy was risking for his own belief system and his own kind of delusional agenda. He was risking the extinction of these people by bringing God knows what diseases to them. Like, like they have no choice but to kill them, like kill him. Like that's life or death, literally. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's one thing. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, that's crazy. And there was also um, this week, my friend who is going to Columbia right now, like she's over there in New York, like first year. And there was a, somebody went and drew swastikas all over one of the teachers lounges or one of the Jewish teachers offices or something just really weird. And it's interesting. Like if we think about it from a Sagittarius, like what we're talking about, like the Mars Christian meets the Neptune and the, cause you know, you think of us a university, you know, like, somewhere people are studying and you look at universities of, I mean, they haven't been safe spaces in the United States for a while. It seems like there's been a lot of like sexual trauma coming out of them, but I feel like, you know, you think of it being a place where you study culture, like you're studying different belief system, different cultures, regardless of what you believe. And then to have a hate crime like that, you know, what it, signifies with some of these transits going on. I feel like it we're hemorrhaging around a lot of this stuff right now. It seems yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And in speaking of Columbia, I watched a video that you posted the other day um, talking about how a million uh, people have, have uh, left Venezuela for uh, Columbia. 
um, which got me, yeah, which is, you know, we're, we're seeing the whole migrant caravan come here, which is actually big news for San Diego because this is where this is taking place. Like I'm, I live on a border town, right. uh, a major border that people go through. Uh, through every day for work, school, all these things. And it's, it's just part of who we are and part of the culture. Like that's, that's the thing is if you're listening to this uh, somewhere outside of where I live, like these things are normal to us and they're part of how life operates and works and it's nothing to be scared of. But basically now the, now that the caravan is there, um, which, what were they saying? Like 7,000 people. Think about that. 7,000 people versus this million people that are coming into Colombia that they allowed to come in and gave sanctuary to. Like if we're, if we are like butthurt, not me, not me personally at all, but of 7,000 people versus this country that is taking in, you know, so many, like I, that blows my mind, but people can't cross. People are having a hard time crossing. There's, um, there's just a lot going on in that. And so I started to think, as I was watching these border uh, documentaries, which were really, uh, you were the one that sparked me on them because you posted that link and it sent me down my own rabbit hole. Um, but I started to think about that with Jupiter and Neptune and then also Saturn sextiling Neptune and the idea of, uh, you know, I think that's going to be our me too, uh, to some extent. I'm using this very loosely, but I think that's kind of the Jupiter and Sag theme is really this migration theme. Um, and, you know, Saturn sextiling uh, Neptune is having us look at this border issue, you know, cause Saturn is, is borders. Saturn's the, uh, the bureaucracy that, you know, in Capricorn that is keeping these things up. Um, and it's the, as climate change, as we we're talking about earlier and, you know, lands, uh, become depleted or we have these regimes like Venezuela that can't, uh, that the leader, you know, once again, this Capricorn energy has basically destroyed their whole economy, Capricorn energy. You know, these are all these things that are leading to this Saturn-Pluto uh, conjunction that'll be happening in 2020. But right. I think we're seeing this theme right now, and especially with Neptune involved, where, you know, I, as, as they say, you know, where are borders? There's no borders in our sky. Like, yeah, when we get down to it. So I think that's, that's going to be a big theme uh, as far as Monday in astrology is concerned, or at least I think so. Yeah, I agree. Totally. And yeah, the Pluto-Saturn conjunction 2020, I'm already like, oh yeah, what is going to happen? It's going to be <laughs> crazy. And yes. where? There's so much happening everywhere, you know? No, I know. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. But yeah, no. And the timing of that with you know, I feel like this new moon, like, I mean, we were talking so much about the world stuff. I feel like people that listen. Yes, let's pull back. <laughs> I, mean, I feel like people listen to this stuff. They're like, well, what about me? What about me? <laughs> yes. I and asked the same like, question. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like with this, like Sagittarius and Neptune, you know, cares about the world, like cares about culture, other cultures, the world, your value systems. We think about the judgment card and uh, tarot and it's Pluto, it's Jupiter, it's Sagittarius. There's even some Aquarian kind of themes in that card. It depends on the deck that you use. I think about Pluto and Jupiter and Sagittarius a lot with that card specifically, but I think like it's judgment day on this new moon. Like (laughs) the judgment card is there to kind of say like, who are you in this? Who are you in this, um, in the world, you know, are you just going, are you part of the group think 
and the collective in a way where you're kind of just a you're a part of the mass, like you're not holding your own belief systems. And if so, like what groups are you agreeing with? What groups are you adhering to? Um, My mom and I were having a conversation earlier where she was saying, as soon as you identify as something, you create the exact opposite of it. Mm -hmm. You're already positioning yourself to be opposing something as soon as you choose. And so this is something I think to think about with, you know, what we're moving towards and where we're, where we're shooting that arrow, it's okay not to know. I think the Mars and Neptune is going to be very confusing for people. Like you're not going to know where you stand or where you fit in with it. But the point is, is to be questioning and to be asking like, am I, is the veil being pulled over me right now? what can I do to lift it? Who am I in this? And how, what are my beliefs? It's time to like have a belief system too. I think so many people are afraid of seeming stupid or like, like we have a lot of uneducated people about religion and about other cultures and about science. And like, we have these belief systems that like, if you believe in science, you can't believe in spirituality. If you believe in you know, like religion, you're ignorant and that creates a lot of divide and it doesn't really allow for a lot of us to move forward. So we have to start educating ourselves around other cultures, other religions, other belief systems, science, and being more open, I think, to like learning those things. I think Sagittarius is all about learning and education and, you know, opening new Opening new door. Life. Yeah, absolutely. Fire in my house as we speak right now. Uh-oh. <laughs> you can see right here. Oh, wow. Look at that. <laughs> this is like the second fire that's almost started right here. We're going to make sure to put that out. <laughs> I know. I need to clean going on over here. Yes. She's basically got a, a crazy sage uh, bushel that is... Your house must be very cleansed right now. <laughs> no, it's not. It's the opposite, actually. It's not cleansed enough. Oh. Nothing clean. That's why fires are starting. It's yeah. Oh, I, yeah, that's pick up anything. No, I like what you're saying there about that, about uh, especially the bit about uh, anytime you choose something, you basically create the opposition to that because we live in a world of polarity. Like that's the only reason we can understand one side is to automatically have another. Um, and it really speaks to the idea of duality you were talking about earlier because that's exactly what that is. Um, and so, yeah, if we're like, what about me and, and all this? It's like, yeah, I'm talking about these world things. Uh, because like you said, where am I in it? Where do I believe? You know, because Sagittarius and Pisces both, because it lives in this uh, larger realm that is not, (laughs) does not care for boundaries. You know, these are Jupiterian uh, energies is that it can be not difficult, but when you ascribe to a belief system that you essentially are committing to a, an idea or a philosophy on life. It doesn't have to always be that way. But to live in that gray space, like you're saying, can be a little dangerous as our world is progressing in a certain way. And so when it's like, what about me? Well, what about you within it all? You know, Because it's all coming back and contacting one another. Because once again, we're talking about Sagittarius, we're talking about Pisces. We are getting more collective in the energies of these signs. You know, We're not talking about Aries and Cancer here. We're talking about being aware of all that is around you and that 
that in turn affects who you are and what you manifest in life. And so I like what you're saying there, especially about it is time to believe in something, you know, and hopefully it's a, (laughs) you know, because all that's going to, all that energy is going to pull together collectively to make great things happen in our, in, in the world. And we are each and every one of us responsible for that happening. Um, So I will now get off my soapbox and we'll we'll continue to talk about this new (laughs) myth. Oh my God. I love it. That was the, I feel like the soapbox is the new moon. Yes. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like that, that is, and we'll probably hear a lot of people on their soapbox, you know, like as, and I think we need to like the, the age, the Aquarian age, you know, the information age where we're all like sharing like these more Uranian unconventional ideas is how we move forward you know, yes. through the collective. So it's yeah. all working together. Mercury stations direct on the new moon. Yes. Too. Let's talk about, okay. So the new moon itself, my God, <laughs> um, which I think, isn't that happening on your ascendant? Am I, am I right about that? Yeah. It's two degrees of my ascendant. Yeah. That's close. Um, and so basically the day we have the new moon, uh, the sun will have just squared Neptune the day prior. And then Mars will conjunct Neptune the day after. The moon will make contact of both of those on the day of the new moon. And lucky us, Mercury stations that day. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I have, I predict that we are going to A, be tired. Things are going to be, energy is probably going to be low this week just because whenever Neptune comes around, and especially Neptune's sun, if sun's our vitality, Neptune is just kind of slicing through that. and. Mercury, on top of that, we know the tricks that Mercury can play when he's stationed. So God knows what we're going to see. I mean, what do you think? I feel like this whole Scorpio, like like thinking about the Venus retrograde and then the Mercury retrograde all blending together. I've had so many layers of my past rear its ugly head. (laughs) In my dreams, especially talking about Neptune, it's been very dream based and it manifests into my reality like quite a lot. Like a lot of people in the dreams are the. This is another thing, probably, too, talking about the Neptune Mars conjunction with the square is like dreams with Neptune are always insane. Like we're always having these crazy dreams. Dream journaling is super important right now. And psychic kind of energy gets really enhanced with Neptune. And it's hard because it can really play kind of a you know mental like it mind f's you you know because yeah. like, why am i tapping it like what do i do with this like a lot of times when we have psychic energy it's just like okay i had that psychic dream or i had that thing happen like what do i do with it though and then we're kind of just suspended into this weird like time and space kind of portal that feels like what is real and then we're just even more lost than we were before. And I think for me with the Mercury in this, um, it's an opportunity for you to do the shadow work of figuring out like, what do you need to kind of relinquish about your mental state, your beliefs, what's holding you back under the surface, like the, under the Neptune surface kind of, and how do you move forward knowing that you're kind of, 
still working out some of this stuff back here. And I think that's what's been happening for me. Like if I think about it with people I've done readings for and then myself, like there's been, I call this retrograde period, the retrograde period of guilt and shame, where I feel like it's really brought up like all those types of feelings. And it's time to like Mercury direct with the new moon let it go, release it, heal it, set intent. And that's why too, I feel like it's important to say like, who am I right now in the world? Why do you have guilt and shame? Is it because you're not um, the person that you think you should be? Like, are you not your best self? Are you not living your life in line with your values? Which is, that's all very Jupiter. You know, that's why the judgment day kind of thing. So I think Mercury Direct um, is going to give us an opportunity to maybe feel like some of the stuff that's come up in an ugly way for us that has challenged, you know, Mars too, I think challenges a lot of our like emotional reactions, you know, during these times, mm-hmm. really hot headed or temperamental or irritable. We've also had transits with Venus that have really been challenging our relationships you know there's been so much relationship tension and that brings to the surface communication dynamics like my whole trip that we were talking about we went down to joshua tree me and my husband like we it was like he would say something and i would hear like five other things and he would get so frustrated because i wasn't hearing him the right way and i would just like like and i was just laughing the whole time you know because it was like mercury retrograde in every way it was challenging like how do you love the world or other people through the ugliest versions of the world and other people? Yeah. <laughs> do all of that. So I think the Mercury, like that's a very long, I'm long winded person, but like Mercury, <laughs> you know, stationing direct. Like I feel like all these themes we're going to get to kind of release and, and think about. And I think it's, I mean, that Mars conjunction Neptune, I don't necessarily feel like it's going to illuminate things in a way that is clear. I think we're still going to be forced to have to really like, that's why I was saying dream journaling is really important because this is your spirit guides in the dream world are here to help you work through this stuff and you're going to have direct access to it. It's going to be very prominent. And you, if you, the other thing about Neptune too, and Scorpio energy in general, um, Am I right? Is Mercury stationing direct in Scorpio? Yeah, it is. Yes, 27 degrees, I believe. Right where it conjuncted Jupiter the first time. So that's very interesting key piece into this new moon oh, is, that, yeah. is that there was a cycle, basically this Mercury retrograde cycle um, of Mercury conjuncting Jupiter. And so we're, we're stationing at this point where basically that conjunction seeded something. So this is a long drawn out process and I really don't think we're going to get to the meat of it until Mercury meets Jupiter again for the last time. Um, But to really speak to what you're saying about the dreams, yes, pay attention to dreams this week. Oh my God, I had a crazy dream last night. I got this crazy, it was like a horror film and I don't have scary dreams very often and it wasn't even that scary, but I got stabbed. (laughs) Uh, I got stabbed by this floating ghost. Uh, It was, it was crazy. Um, And of course I woke up and what time was it? 3 a.m. Right on the witching hour. It always happens to me. Like I'll wake up from a dream right at the witching hour. But to speak to what you're saying about uh, the, the veil and like being like half here or half there and in this in-between realm and uh, how that can be even more disconcerting because not only you've left this like certainty for what this is that has promise, but now you're in this in-between zone. And like, even in my dream, like I was in the corner of a hallway 
Whenever you have hallways in your dreams, that's transition. You're, you're, wow. you're going in between two different places. Um, and that really speaks to all this energy that is in mutable signs. This is a transition time of year. There's no way to look at it. Like this is not next month when we have that solar eclipse in Capricorn, a cardinal sign, then we're talking. We're looking at, and Mars is going to be in Aries. How funny is it? Mars is in Aries. The January 1st. Basically, we start the new year with Mars at zero degrees Aries. Like, you can't make this up. Better. They yeah. can't get any better. Yeah. Yeah. So that's when, that's when we're going to see things. And so, yeah, I think that's what we should definitely stress right now is we are dreaming. We are in between two worlds. Uh, things aren't clear and that's okay. They don't have to be. Um, so take your time, you know, and, and feel it out. <laughs> yeah. And worry, I worry too, like with people that are in recovery or not mm. stuff because Neptune is the, and Jupiter, Neptune's the planet for addiction and alcoholism and escapism. And Jupiter is the planet of excess and overindulgence. And um, for me being Jupiter dominant and a strong Neptune influence, I, those two things are very prominent. And so if you don't have something, if you don't have a practice, a spiritual practice or physical routine, like a workout or yoga or something, these transits can be really difficult because it can trigger a lot of old patterns of behavior where you want to escape through other things, you know, like you want to find something to replace whatever confusion or awful things. Yeah. Or the void, you know, the sense of a void, you know, like you're trying to fill it basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. So now that's a really good, that's a really good point uh, around because just the way things are set up right now, the, that type of stuff is easy to happen. <laughs> um, and it's easy, not easy. None of that's easy. Nothing is easy about addiction and those types of, uh, yes. But this actually might be the time for some people that wrestle with those types of things that might be able to start new cycles around, you know, uh, veering their life towards, you know, a healthier directive or that's not going to work for me going forward anymore. It's not rewarding any longer, um, too. So here we are back to the the polarity of things, you know, like I was going to say, I was like, you're either going to drown in it and it's going to illuminate your worst or you've, you're in front of it and you're already manifesting like how to, you know, I have a friend who's a Sagittarius right now and she's like using that influence and that energy to completely change her routine and her dedication to her health. You know, like she's gotten uh, really, this year has been her almost like doing one more serious layer of um, getting dedicated to herself around her health and her belief systems around how she moves things forward. And she's a double Sag. She's Sagittarius Sun, Sagittarius Rising. So her journey of kind of trying to get herself more grounded and more uh, the overindulgent parts, more not so, you know, and this year for her is like, it's not a, you know, like she's dealing with other stuff in her life that's probably under the surface, but like it's manifesting itself in a very productive way, you know, Mm. but that's the polarity. It's like, you can, if you're, if you're not being productive, maybe it'll illuminate what needs to happen. The new year, Mars and Aries will activate hopefully some change. New year's resolution time, you know, it's like, right. Yeah. For that. And it'll probably be like, 
a, a long year of evaluating that. Cause I feel like, you know, the new moon energy is going to influence the rest of the year next year. It's like, yeah. it's the, the Jupiter theme, the Sagittarian theme of next year. So it's going to be like we were saying, it's not, we're not just like over it. Like it's not just ending. It's oh the, no. <laughs> yeah, it's the beginning. Everyone's like, when is this over? And I'm like, what? Over ever. <laughs> yeah. I know. I, I get that question occasionally and I have uh, probably a listener here that I will be having consultation with soon who is like, when is it going to be over? Well, you know, Michael Luton used to make the joke of, uh, he's a pretty hilarious astrologer. He's like, People always ask me, when is it going to be over? When's Saturn going to be over? <laughs> well, well, darling, Saturn's moving on to the next sign. You know, like it's never, you know, life doesn't just stop and the thing ends. Like, yes, it mutates into something else, but the principle or the archetype of the energy in, in general is continually moving forward through some area of our life. And so to think certain things will end, you know, because the experience of them no longer is necessary, but the overall, like, archetype of it all is it's never ending and that's part of our evolutionary growth and sometimes are harder than others um and sometimes are really harder than others but that's really just part of it like to say anything ends plus if it really ended if it really was all over you'd probably be bored (laughs) yeah totally everyone would be bored everybody would be bored drive-in crisis yes um it's it's true we got to know when to balance it though. Cause you know, bless all the Aries out there. Always, <laughs> always creating the crisis for us. They're like, there needs to be one. I need to attend to one. Uh, let me create. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I think this is going to be a pretty good new moon overall because really like you were saying earlier with the, the bow and the, in the arrow and, and pulling back as far as we can with this, you know, Neptune idealism, hopefully around something that has been on our minds, like your house for so long. And now we can really start to put those arrows into this. And it's going to be a process. It's not going to happen right away. Um, But there's a lot of things that are coming up, especially over the next couple months that are going to be continually pushing us in the right direction. And now we really get to kind of seed that um, and hopefully be patient with it. Yes. Hell yes. <laughs> hell yes. Um, so, I mean, the only thing I could think about taking away, because we'll probably wrap this up here in a second, because I was just thinking, you know, with Neptune uh, and all this Pisces energy, like water time could be really nice this week. You like, like a nice bath or even like doing the dishes. And like, I feel like maybe that's where, because I think there's a lot of spiritual downloading that can happen this week if we remain open. Um, and I think water might get us there. Are you are you a bath person? Do you like to yeah, take? Yeah, I am. I love hot tubs and swimming. I'm a total water person for sure. I love. It's funny because we're moving to the desert, but it's like we love the ocean and lakes. And it's I love these hot, drastic heats with these cooling down periods. I kind of feel like that polarity is really helpful for me. And I feel like that's exactly what we have celestially with the. Mm. Sag. And so I, I think that the self-care time this next week is definitely going to, it's either we're working heat through the body, right? With like Mars or Sagittarius um, and then doing these big cool downs. Like it's kind of like, we don't want to get too blown out because then we get lost. <laughs> 
So we got to move the heat through the body and get kind of productive in some way, but we don't want to not cool down because then we emotionally freak yeah, out. Well, yes. Cause I mean, in there. yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and when, you know, whenever we bring fire and water together, what do we get? Steam, essentially. Um, yes. And so we don't, yeah, we get boiling water is what can happen. But um, yeah, no, I think, I think you're right about the whole self-care thing and even putting that in with things like baths or showers or kind of that oh, yes. element. Um, yeah, the good media. Or this, yes, there you go. There you go. Um, or like the hot tub, like you're saying, yeah. that's perfect. Yeah, if you have a hot tub, A, I'm envious, and B, get in there because uh, I just think being in those particular scenarios uh, is going to give us what we need like that. Cause I don't know, you know, we don't get these type of connections every day and they are, they do have fruitful uses to them as we were saying earlier. And basically what you're reading from the esoteric book, like it was saying the same thing. So let's tap into that, um, you know, that veil, that, <laughs> that mystery realm while we can. I think too, it was like in the same book, they were talking about the sun veils Neptune. Mm. And I think that's interesting because we have a square, you know? And so that's also another layer to that with the identity, the ego of the belief system, and then kind of lifting the veil and doing that self-care work. I feel like that self-care work, like when you're sitting in the bath, in the hot bath, it's kind of like the equivalent of the sweat lodge, you know, Mm. where you're having like that transcendental experience of the ego you're kind of shedding away the ego the illusions are coming out and so there's something I feel like we're supposed like don't just go sit in the bath like try to listen to what like the the information like you were saying like we're gonna be able to kind of download things so like what write down what's popping in because yeah 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 don't get in the bath with a book get in the get in the bath with an open mind <laughs> yeah, and, and maybe some salt because Neptune loves some music. So get some meditation music in there or just meditation alone this week. Um, maybe even with a water element, you know, cause I like to put on a, a sound to meditate to. And so even meditating to water, um, can give us that gateway. Cause that's essentially what's happening is we're getting a gateway or a portal. I think, as you put it earlier, um, to access these realms, but we have to remain open to it. So yeah, that's a really good point. And then December too, like had, cause I, we, uh, so I launched a tarot challenge for the month of December that starts on oh first, it starts tomorrow. And we named it the wild hunt tarot challenge after the wild hunt mythology around Yule with uh, Odin. I'm not too familiar with all of the layers. There's so many layers of this story of the wild hunt and a bunch of different cultures that, um, the basis of it essentially is that there was all these gods and goddesses and elves that kind of came out through the veil thinning during Mm -hmm. the 12 days of, you know, Christmas. It wasn't Christmas then. Um, and it's kind of similar to, uh, where, it's like the veil between worlds is thinned and the gods and goddesses were blessing those in need during this time. And so we named it the wild hunt kind of to honor the veil thinning of winter. And so I think it's interesting too, with the sun square 
you know, and talking about the sun veiling Neptune. And then there's also kind of this other version of like the spirit world um, in this time of year, uh, mythologically connecting us. Like we're connected to this spirit world of these ascended or otherworldly beings that are here to kind of help us. And it's supposedly like kind of where some of the mythology of Santa Claus might've come from. I'm not sure. So I think that's kind of also an interesting thing to think about as we like approach the winter solstice and the Neptune energy of the veil thinning and kind of us being closer. It kind of fits into the pagan mythos too. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It makes sense because it's the darkest time of the year, right? You know, it's the least amount of light we have. And so there's, there is that room for spirits to play, <laughs> as they say. It's dark too within us. Like we yeah. feel, people get a lot of seasonal depression during this time. So I feel like getting grounded in your self-care around that transit, like you're talking about might help alleviate some of the depression because Neptune can be depressing. Yes, it can be. It definitely can be. And I think that um, maybe it, like maybe our takeaway here with this is if we find ourselves in that place, um, no, it's a passing phase. You know, this is just that there's a lot of kind of trickster energy that is going on, not only from Mercury stationing, but all the Neptune. So this week might not be what you think it seems like, you know, in a couple of weeks when you look back to it. Uh, so, you know, take everything with a grain of salt, but just be open because that veil, because it is so thin, something might sneak in that will allow you to change your life in, in wonderful ways down the road. Totally. Yes. So. It's so exciting. I get so excited whenever we talk about these heavy I don't know why, like, all of the heavy stuff excites me so much. <laughs> I get, like, it's going to be dark and it's going to be hard and you're going to all But it's so amazing, transformative. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're a spiritual warrior, Annalisa. <laughs> the Mars-Neptune conjunction. So exactly. warrior. All right. So I guess that's what we'll leave this with, is yeah. that, yeah, we're, this week we are spiritual warriors. And, you know, let's, let's lead this in the right direction. Let's, uh, let's take a look at that. Let's embrace it. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, well, we've talked about all types of things, uh, here. Um, we, we've talked about Joshua tree. We've talked about Neptune, the new moon. I got on my soapbox. You gave us some esoteric knowledge. <laughs> I feel like we've covered a lot of bases here. Um, so now where can people find you so they can find you after the fact and that tarot challenge that you're talking about? Yeah. So I'm on Instagram, um, at cosmic lady six. And then my website is CosmicLady6.com. And the Tarot Challenge is being hosted by me and Kathleen out of Philadelphia, Daughter of Wands. Her Instagram is at Daughter of Wands. Um, and we're doing it from December 1st through the 31st. You can hop on and start it. I know this is probably airing after it started already. Yeah. But you can hop on and do it. It's 31 days of tarot prompts based around astrology mythology and we broke it up into four week segments and we actually have um because it's focused on astrology the tarot challenge we actually have broken up to kind of help you with some of these transits with the holiday season we've got like self-care 
um, week. We've got like how to handle your family kind of stuff like in there a little bit. Um, so that's fun to do. We're starting to do them more regularly. So, um, yeah, you can find me on there. Yes. And I'll, I'll put a link to those spots. And if you have any like direct to the, the tarot challenge, we'll get there and this will air to the public on the third. So it's not never too late. Get in there and give it a try. Um, I'll check it out myself. Definitely. Um, so, well, that's exciting. That's a great way to end the year too. As if, if January is going to give us a little, oomph, we might as well kind of suss it out now <laughs> and get clear in this transitional space. So I love that. Um, and then if you're in Oakland area, cause that's where Annalisa is or in, in the Bay area, you do a weekly uh, tarot thing, don't you? Yeah, I uh, every Tuesday night at the Contiki on 14th and Webster from 7 to 10, I do tarot readings. Yes. Thank so, you. Yeah. Well, you know, you never know. But there's, <laughs> I'm sure there's a few listeners up in the Bay Area. So if you want to go check that out, you're, you're out there every week um, doing, doing good with your tarot cards. So that's great. Yes. Thank you so much for having me again, too. I love doing this with you. It's so Oh, funny. yes. I, rabbit holes, too, about <laughs> transits, you know, because like the whole Mars, Neptune, Sixth Ray stuff, I don't think would have res. Like, I wouldn't have really thought about it had we not had a reason to talk about it. Talk about it. Yeah. Well, it, to be honest, that's how I learned what I learned is because being in these moments and I don't want to say forcing myself to look at it, but I mean, I am kind of doing that. Um, yeah, it gives full on new understanding to things in the moment because you literally get to live it rather than read about a conceptualization of it. Like you get to be like, oh, it's described as this and now let's feel it out. <laughs> and that's fun. So, well, I'm glad you could join me as well because uh, it's always fun to have you on. So we'll definitely have Annalisa back here and we'll talk about some other things uh, next time for sure. But um, is it just me or do you always seem to come on during new moons? I want to... That's true, huh? I feel like I feel like uh, the last time you're on was for a new moon. <laughs> we'll have to go back in the calendar. First time was new moon, new normal, and then we yeah. had Leo thing. So what was the Leo one? What was the Leo? Uh, was that a Mercury retrograde? No, because that was with Cassandra. Wow, you know, I'm I'm impressed at myself for doing so many episodes this year <laughs> that I can't even remember them. <laughs> Oh, oh, we were talking about the solar eclipse in Leo. Yeah, okay. Okay, go. so once again, we're back to a new moon. So that's it's so funny. I'm a full moon child. Yeah, and so am I. So why are we, maybe, uh, maybe we're putting our two full moons together and getting a new moon. <laughs> That's amazing. That's hilarious. All right. Well, okay. So where can you find me? Well, you can find me at energeticprinciples.com uh, and on Instagram and uh, Facebook at Energetic Principles. And of course, I always have my astro blog post um, where I share this episode uh, and then the links for the people that come on. So come on down to check out uh, a way to get to Annalisa. And also by this time... Maybe on Monday, I should have my, uh, my new moon article posted on there too. So if you're interested in that, you can go down to my, uh, my front page, Energetic Principles, and sign up for my mailing list and it'll come right to you. You don't even have to do anything. It's just, oh, boom, it's there. And 
I barely can get that out. So there's no spam involved if you sign up to my mailing list. It's moon and that's it. Um, and then also, if you want to check out my Patreon, uh, where I do my monthly tarot subscriptions, you can do so on patreon.com backslash energetic principles. And then I also have a moon horoscopes option there too, if you want to check those out uh, and show support. Um, and if you like what you heard today, us talking about Neptune and the new moon and all that jazz, you can share it with a friend, you know, sharing is caring. Get it out there. And if you feel so inclined, I'd love a good rating on iTunes because you know that really, that helps. <laughs> so, all right. I think I have said my, my spiel. I'm sure I'm missing something. I always am, but that's okay. Until next, next week. week. <laughs> yeah, right. Until next week. All right, Annalisa, thank you so much again for joining me. I can't wait to have you back. Yeah, me too. Thank you. All right. Okay. And I can't wait to have you back. So I hope that you'll join me next week. And until then, may the stars be with you.